Hey everyone, Cortland here. Before we begin the episode, I'd like to apologize for the audio quality. Unfortunately, we had an issue with recording that I didn't know happened until after we were finished and I started doing the editing. Ultimately, due to the way our show is set up and our extremely limited opportunities for recording, we decided to salvage the audio files and I tried my best to edit them together. We both agree the jokes are still great, so we hope you can enjoy our episode covering the tale of the 13th floor. Thank you so much, everybody. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Portland, and with me today is a blast from the past, Brandon. How are you doing, Brandon? Yo, man. Psychedelic. Far out, man. Fucking mystic vapors up in this shit. Man, I feel really bad because I said I hate everything about 1968, but I don't hate everything about 1968. I just hate everything about about it, except for maybe like the people that were born. I feel like all our 50-year-old listeners are really going to have something to say about that episode. Well, you did say that both your parents were born in 68, right? Yeah, and you hate both of them. <laughs> well, my mother-in-law was also born in 68, so... I don't, hate, I don't hate everything about just the aesthetic and the music and the looks and these people in the school and that school in general and that's everything yeah, everything that episode tried to show me is what I hate really was a nightmare for you the music was terrible what was that what did you call the instrument like they used, sitar like, fucking, is that what it is and I hated it stupid <laughs> like they were like plucking a fucking rubber band and their teeth and they <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I know that's not what it sounds like, but it's dumb. I love your hatred of the 60s. <laughs> it's just so broad. Yeah, I didn't even... <laughs> I didn't even listen to the Beatles White Album like I said I was going to. You're like, brown clothes, hate them. Flowers, hate them. Headbands, dumb. Smiley Glasses, faces, hate stupid. <laughs> All of the people in the school were just like... <laughs> they like were. Fucking stoned out of their mind. I don't. Every single person. That is so dumb. So how are you doing this week, Brandon? I'm doing okay. That's good. You're not sick again, so that's good. Uh, I, I wouldn't go that far. I'm a little sick. Okay. Well, we understand that you're sick all the time. Australia yeah. is trying to kill you. We get it. There are certain weeks where I'm not sick, but the default is a little bit sick. So, I've uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. That's good. Do you like it? Yeah, it's good. I know. I know your brother was like straight addicted to it. Or, I don't know. He probably still is. Yeah, he wanted me to play it for a long time, but I was like, I'm gonna wait until I can get some pizza with this game. Wait until Domino's drops that yeah. bomb ass deal. <laughs> This podcast is now sponsored by Domino's. Eat Domino's every day. You guys have Domino's. You guys don't even have fucking Taco Bell over there. <laughs> I mean, Domino's isn't my first choice for pizza. Yeah, well. So, uh, did it come with like the expansions too, or is it just the base game? It's everything. That's insane. I know. That's why I had to have it. I was like, I don't want this game or this pizza, but that is a good price. But both at the same time? Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't fault you, man. I would probably get it too. 
Because the game with all the expansions is like $60 anyway. You're getting a free fucking pizza. The game with all the expansions is $90 on Steam here. Yeah. So it was $30 for cheaper with pizza than just buying the game by itself. <laughs> so what version did you get? Did you get PC or PS4? PC. Oh, okay. Your PC can handle it because mine can't. Yeah. I mean, not on the highest settings or anything. My PC is now filled up with just gigabytes upon gigabytes of me talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you want. Making fun of a children's show. Celebrating a children's show. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Celebrating a children's show. I can edit that out later. <laughs> I have the power to change everything. I can oh make God. you sound like an idiot. Oh no! <laughs> I haven't done anything this week, man. I... I actually haven't had a day off of work in almost two weeks. Man, that sounds fun. I just get a little frantic because I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting farther and farther behind in the podcast. I know, I just feel like, like fuck. Even though I know that, because I'm almost done with editing Midnight Madness right now, which doesn't go up for another like week and a half, and I'm just like, fuck. I feel like I'm super far behind, and once I finish that, I'll be better, but... If it makes you feel any better, the two people who listen to our podcast wouldn't mind if it was a day late. I can't do that. I can't do that. You want to get into this here episode? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let us do it, Brandon. Yes, enough of this goofing. Um, you know, you know me. He's always having a goof. Can you imagine being like picked up by police officers and like, "Well, boy, we're, 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 no, that's not what they're gonna say." <laughs> do you know why? <laughs> Do you know why I, I stopped you tonight? And you're just like, I don't know, officer. I was just having a goof. And they're like, oh, well, all right, you can go. You're free to go, man. You goof? All right. <laughs> just a couple of goofs? Get out of here. Goofs? All right. Go, go get some egg creams. <laughs> oh, I, didn't, I didn't realize you were having just a big old goof. My bad. Have a nice night. That's what I'm probably going to use if I if and when I get pulled over next time. Officer, honestly, I was having a big old goof. Okay? <laughs> I'll be like, alright, man, sorry. I'm going to let you off with a warning this time. No goofing and driving. <laughs> Don't goof and drive. Okay, now do you really want to get into this episode? <laughs> Let's do it again. Also, Okay, so uh, we just got done watching the tale of 13... And this episode was something. Something alright. Yeah, I'm still not really quite sure how I feel about this episode. I agree with you. I felt the same way. Yes, I watched this um, two days ago with my wife. And then, you know, I took my notes yesterday and then last night. And I was just like, um, I know I don't hate this episode, but um, I still don't really know if I like it or not. Which is kind of weird. I think I like aspects of the episode. I like kind of just the general outline of the plot, but I think the way it was executed, perhaps, is what kind of turned me off just a bit. I think you're right. Um, I also don't really care for the main characters. They're kind of boring. Yeah. The side characters are, are much more interesting, but also they're kind of boring, too. Yeah, almost by design. Yeah, right? So, it's like... I feel like this episode is better than Tale of Blocker 22, but not as good. I don't know. 
And the Hungry Hound is scale of things. Well, it's, uh, it's not bad, but it's not, not great. It's. I don't know. Maybe I'll like it more when we talk about it. We'll see. All right. Let's get started. So this episode begins with a first-person shot moving through the woods and towards the campfire. It always reminds me of Evil Dead. Uh, you know what? I'm actually never. Okay, how about Army of Darkness? I've seen that one, yes. Well, there you go. Evil Dead 3. It's been a long time since I've seen that. You know, we watched Evil Dead 2 together one time, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the only part I remember is the mini ashes. Everything else is a blur to me. That's Army of Darkness. Oh, okay, never mind. I've never seen Evil Dead 2 then. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember Dead by Dawn! Dead by Dawn! No. You sure you didn't watch it with Gage? Maybe I watched it with Gage. <laughs> That's my favorite uh, movie. I love Black Beauty and Spirit. You're the one that loves Black Beauty. You had it on VHS, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah. We destroyed it. Okay. I'm pretty sure I got that from my uncle, and it came with the Mary Kate and Ashley movies that he also had. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't get you the Mary Kate and Ashley book, though, huh? That motherfucker. No. Fucking asshole. So Frank and Kiki are helping Gary gather firewood, and we can hear a wolf howl in the distance. Of course we can. Like It's like a, a ramped up wolf, though. It sounds way better than everything we got in season one. Yeah. Like, it's a lot closer. <laughs> the wolf production has really gr- gone up. Yeah, for sure. The wolf budget. Frank looks around and then asks his two buddies if they ever get the feeling they're being watched. And Kiki shakes her head like, nah. And then we get another shot of the woods, and then some flashlight flashes in the face of each of the three kids. And they all are pissed. Yeah, it's kind of a douchebag move. Understandably, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't like it. No. Kiki says, hey, yo, turn off off the bright. And Gary agrees, saying, yeah, we know who you are. And he fumbles with his glasses. I don't know who they are. Well, I mean, in his... It's like, it's obviously David, Betty, and... Because those are the other three members. But, yeah, but it could well, be people Eric. out in the woods hunting for wolves. They don't know. Very true, yeah. They made, Gary made an educated assumption that it was going to be the three people that aren't there yet. So we then see the three people with flashlights that, again, are obviously Betty Ann, David, and Kristen. But Betty Ann, I think, says, really? Then who are we? And Frank gets sassy and he says, I give up. We're surrounded by monsters. Oh, I'm so scared. All the while, these three jerks are still flashing their high beams right in kids' face. Then Christmas says, you see us every week, but do you really know us? David chimes in with, do you really know anyone? David's trying and really hard to look intense here. Oh my god. He is quickly falling to my least favorite member this season. Like, yeah. No spoilers, but holy I, shit. I thought this was going to be another Kristen story. When I saw her and I saw David tagging along, I was like, oh great. David the Parasite is latching on while Kristen does this <laughs> theater with the flashlights. No, it's not a Kristen story. Yeah, very surprised. Uh, I was, I was kind of, I actually thought it was going to be David, but you know, but then Betty Ann, she chimes into with a even yourself, and the kids flip the flashlights off and they shine it on their own faces. Betty Ann says, "If you stare long enough, you might see a stranger here." And while she says this, it pans over his kid, and David looks pissed as hell. But like you said, it's more like an intense evil stare. Yeah. Which he holds the entire episode. 
everything that he's got and he's just like giving everybody this evil eye. Gary gets impatient and he says, uh, are we going to have a story tonight or are we just going to fucking play games? He's been getting he's pretty impatient lately. He just he wants, wants to stories. get to these fucking stories. He ain't got time for these theatrics and props. He's just like, come up, tell your story. I'm going to yeah. throw this bucket on the fire and let's get the fuck home. <laughs> Last episode, he was like, wow, Kristen, these are stupid. Uh, so we're going <laughs> to fucking tell a story or what? Now, somebody give me tickets to a Midnight Madness. <laughs> uh, the three kids shine their flashlight in his face because that was like, Totally rude, Gary. And Kiki rolls her eyes and sassily says, Can I answer your question? The three flashlight-wielding kids walk around slowly, shining the light on the other kids again. And Betty Ann says that her story tonight is about strangers among us. And, and she sits down on the throne. She continues saying, You see them every day, but never take the time to look. And if you do, you might find that the scariest strangers are the ones inside ourselves. Very deep. Yeah, I guess. David hands her the monkey bone dust, throws it in, calls the story the tale of the business before. This has nothing, I mean, it does, but no, it doesn't have anything to do with the story. It's like every episode, it has like the most tenuous connection, and you don't even think about it until after the episode's over, because, you know, obviously, before they tell the story, you're like, oh, this has something to do with it, but then you think about it afterwards and you're like no that has fucking nothing to do with it you had weeks to come up with this dumb prank yeah and this is what you came up with flashing flashlights in people's faces yeah and talking about how you don't even know yourself like it does correlate to the story but it's basically just ruining the ending yeah all right so let's go into the new story right away we're given a voiceover of betty ann and we're showing some old probably cobwebby deserted building with Scenery. He says nobody lived on the top floor, the 13th floor, of the old renovated building. The last tenants had disappeared years ago, vanished into thin air. We take a look at an elevator, the door to it opens, and there's a girl with a hockey mask on, a boy that's about the same age, and an old man who tells the kids to be careful now. Remember what happened to the last people that lived up here? It's so weird. He's just like, be careful. You know what happened to those murdered people who lived here. Well, have fun. Yeah. They were just—they're gone. Cold case. Nobody knows what happened to them. Have fun, kids. Yeah, like stop taking them up to the weird abandoned murder floor. Yeah, just don't do it. Lock the fucking door leading up to the thirteenth floor, like you know, staircase, and just quit taking these kids up there. What are they like? All they're gonna do is fucking break shit anyway, which they do. Do they really need to take the elevator if they live on the twelfth floor? Yeah. It's one set of stairs. This was before people were like, kids need exercise. But that's all they do is go up and play sports. Even though Karen doesn't like sports, yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, Brandon. When you were like 10 or 11 or however old these kids are, don't you think it was fun to go up the fucking elevator? I was probably scared of elevators. Still not a fan. Uh, are, are you afraid that they're going to drop? Uh, I don't know. I'm afraid they're going to stop and I'll be stuck. Oh, what an inconvenient time. Yeah. Do you know how many TV show episodes take place inside of a stopped elevator? And they're all the most boring ones. <laughs> You're afraid that your life is going to turn into a boring TV show? Yes. God. Well, I mean, during the week of the Hungry Hounds, it kind of did, didn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. 
So the boy, his name is Billy, says, what? Like, we haven't heard this story before. And the old man says, no one knows what happened to those people. And the girl, named Karen, tells the elevator operator guy that he always tells them this story. And his name is Gus. And Gus tells her back that he doesn't like the kids playing up on the 13th floor alone. Stop taking them. Yeah, just don't let them then. You're an adult. These are like 10-year-old kids. When they say, hey, Gus, yeah. take us to the murder floor, just say, no. Nah. Go play somewhere else. Go outside and play, kid. Play in the streets. Gus tells them it makes him uneasy that they're on the 13th floor, and then he closes the elevator and goes down. Also, okay, he gets paid to push a button on a fucking elevator. That used to be a thing. Like, a long, long time ago. I didn't think there was still people doing that in the 90s. But, you know, it's Canada. I don't know what's going on there. I was just like, this guy gets paid. Probably like more than me right now. You push a goddamn button on an elevator. If somebody wanted to pay me to do that, I'd do it. <laughs> yeah, I would. I don't know. You just, well, hey, if you get stuck in an elevator while you're on the job, it's like, eh, I'm still getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> getting paid more. <laughs> the kids put on their hockey gear, they grab their hockey sticks, and then they make fun, fun of Gus about how spooky the 13th floor is. Before they start playing some hockey, we get another voiceover from Betty Ann. She tells us the kids' names, which I already told you guys, and that they live on the 12th floor of this crappy building. They use the 13th floor as their own private space. And in this little scene, we find out that Karen sucks at the sport, and Billy is just incredible at hockey. Betty Ann continues saying that no one ever went up to the 13th floor, so they always had to play for themselves. But that was gonna, that was soon going to change. And we're showing just how amazing Billy is at hockey. And he scores a goal. Karen's up next. And <laughs> I don't know. This is one of my favorite parts. She tries to line up a slap shot. She, she tries multiple times to hit yeah. a ball. Like, it's not even a puck. It's not flat against the floor. It's a ball. And she's got a giant curved stick. Like, you don't have to be Wayne Gretzky to hit a ball. But she's like, ugh, ugh. Can't do it. Ball. She just slaps the ground like three times. I don't know why she's up here playing hockey in the first place. She says she doesn't like sports or playing hockey. And it seems like that's kind of all they do. Yeah. Doesn't she have friends? Got Billy. And that's it. Okay. 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 Um, Okay. So she finally hits that ball and then it like flies right into a conveniently placed window on the ground. So that, that window shatters, the kids don't clean it up, and then Karen just says she could do it if she had Billy's hands. And Billy Billy's an idiot. So he looks down at his <laughs> pants and he says, What do my jeans have to do with this? And also he's not even wearing blue jeans. So <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. He's wearing like khakis or something. And Karen's like My real parents must have been flushed like me. Yes. Billy calls her out on her bullshit. A very natural way to explain to the audience that she's adopted. Yeah, they do it in such a subtle way that you don't really catch it, you know? No. You're like, this isn't foreshadowing anything. I mean, I I think this was a terrible execution, like you said, at the beginning. Uh, but at least they do it at the beginning and kind of forget about it. I mean, I didn't forget about it because it was so stupid, but... <laughs> 
I also I like the the insult zipper head. It was nice. It wasn't like nutbag or fucking cheese ball or anything. No, so, yeah. it sounds offensive, but it's not. So we ended up looking up this term, and it turns out it is offensive. Sorry, guys. Oh man, that's not groovy. Don't come at me with that 1968 bullshit, Brandon. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. All right. So Karen says that my real parents must have been pluses like me. And Billy calls her out in her bullshit saying, you can't use your adoption as an excuse every time you can't do anything. And she says, well, why not? It's very easy. She's got a point. She does have a point, but it's really Karen wins. I'm really glad Billy called her out on that, though. Like, shut the fuck up, Karen. <laughs> practice. Called, practice makes perfect. There you go. doesn't matter about your fucking genes. Well, you can't use that as does she not got, like, does she not like hockey because she shit at it or she shit at it because she doesn't like it and doesn't practice? Oh my god, that's like a chicken or egg, chicken or the egg kind of thing, huh? Yeah, maybe. Philosophical in this episode, man. The kids are interrupted by a bunch of purple glowing lights coming from out, out the windows. There's like an earthquake shaking and, and everything, and they wonder what it is before they before trying to leave the thirteenth floor. For some reason, they call the elevator because. Apparently nobody fucking told them what to do with this earthquake. Yeah, that's definitely not what you do. In case of a natural disaster or an emergency, stay the fuck out of elevators. Yeah, seriously. If there's a fire, stay out. Earthquake, stay out. And also, they don't really seem too alarmed. Or something like that, yeah. I mean, this shit is falling down around them. Yeah, there are it's flashing like fucking- lights, and there are lights falling down, and the walls are shaking... Like, the building's imploding, and they're just like, Ugh, hurry up, elevator, God. I like, gotta, get, gotta get to this wall floor. Oh, I could walk down the fucking stairs. It'd be a lot safer, but... But, you know what, the... So they push the button, and, and they're waiting for the elevator to come off, and they're just like, come on, come on, come on, I'm gonna fucking die. And, and the elevator, it reaches the 13th floor, it opens up, and it's not Gus inside. Really tall guy. He's got, like, shoulder-length hair. Oh, my God. He asks the kids if they're going down. This guy. I actually like this guy. He's he's, cool. he's pretty cool, but like, what is he? I don't. I, I don't, don't even know how to accurately explain. It. No, I have in my notes, but it doesn't make any sense. Re- <laughs> reading it to me doesn't make any more sense than what's on the screen. I don't know how to describe this gentleman. Sufficiently creepy, but in a very nice kind of way. He's got like long hair on the sides and back back of his head, and it's poofed up in the front. Yeah, it is. Yep. He's dressed in a weird black and yellow lightning boltish looking suit with triangles in odd, non symmetrical formations. To be fair, uh, all three of the I don't I don't want to call them bad bad guys. I guess. All wear the same suit in different colors. They're weird. Yeah, well, I mean, they're supposed to be weird, so they did a good job. <laughs> his name, well, his name is Leonard. I mean, Leonard. He says Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Leonard. <laughs> My oh, name my is. Macintosh. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
<sighs> Billy asks where Gus is, and the dude explains that Gus was called away. He had an emergency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This guy's heard name that one a million times. I mean, Gus was old. He probably died. <laughs> Gus doesn't make a, an appearance in the episode again. Do you think that he disappeared just like the person people disappeared from the 13th floor? I mean, they had to do something with him. There was, like, maybe three minutes in between when he brought the kids up and when they went back down. So, like, between that time, he was like, all right, kids, you have fun. And then he goes down and then he's dead forever. That's what I'm thinking. So, I mean, maybe they are bad. We'll find out. So he calls calls himself Leonard. I'm sorry, Leonard. And he's the replacement elevator operator. Karen walks forward to get into the elevator, but Billy stops and says, come on, we'll walk. Which is what you should have done in the first place. Yeah, that's an option? Jeez. First, we're hearing of it. Leonard. <laughs> Did I just call him that? Uh, yes, that's his name. Uh, it's obviously Leonard. No. Leonard closes the elevator and his walk away. Uh, okay, in the next scene, we're in Karen's room, and... Uh, the decor of her room is horrible. She's got like a, a statue of a goose or something. I don't know. No. Her TV turns on and it's on some static channel like fucking Poltergeist. And then the face of a man phases into yeah. the static. Max Headroom. Ah, I was going to say that, but I didn't know if you knew what that was. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's Max Headroom. And the face looks around uh, Karen's room and says, Hello, Karen. How are you? We've come for a little visit. And it wakes Karen up, who sits up, and she looks at her TV and says, <laughs> I love this. <laughs> In so much of this episode, crazy shit happens to Karen, and she's just like, what? <laughs> okay. There was a fucking earthquake in the last scene, and she was just waiting for the elevator, like, impatiently. And now there's just a demon on her TV, and she's like, huh? You talking to me? (laughs) She's like, shut up. (laughs) Trying to sleep. (laughs) The TV guy... The TV guy asks her, what do you think? And Karen says she thinks she's dreaming. And then the TV guy smiles at her and just whoops, and then just whooshes away as the TV turns off. And Karen lays back down and she falls right back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the kids are trying to get up to that 13th floor again, but the door to the stairs is locked for some reason. They're going to play hockey again. Hockey again. They can just play it outside. Like, Karen, find something better to do, man. Nah. Follow your passion. Get some new friends. You don't have to spend every day with your brother. Seriously. So they take their hockey gear over to the elevator, and it opens up to Leonard again. <laughs> Billy, it's his name. I know it is. Billy says, 13, please. But Leonard, Leonard says, oh, I'm sorry. The new tenants are fumigating today. And Karen and Billy are pissed, saying, what tenants? That's our place. Very entitled. But Leonard responds by moving aside and giving the kids room to come into the elevator and she makes it, and saying, going down, the kids look at each other and they say, no, Leonard closes the elevator. But my question is, if they're fumigating, wouldn't they have to clear out the whole building? I don't know. Doesn't that make sense? 
it makes some sort of sense. Like, you can't just... They're just blasting that one floor. Yeah, but, like, the... I mean, I guess fumes rise, but even so, what, like, they're on the 12th floor. That shit could, like, go into the air ducts and fucking shoot into their apartment and stuff while they're sleeping or whatever. Like, it seems a little bit... I don't know. Stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But whatever. I mean, I mean, he could have just. <laughs> it's said, a like, fake excuse anyway. Well, he could have been like, "Oh, they're painting up there," which is, is what they did. They're fucking painting. Have you seen his hairstyle? He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Okay. The next scene shows us the kids at the bottom of a ton of stairs. Does this kind of cool shot where it's like at the top of the stairs, looking all the way down, and the kids are down there. You know, I'm a sucker for kind of for shots like that. Looks well, pretty cool. It reminded me of the scene in American Psycho where the girls running down the stairs and, and what's his name in that movie? Uh, Chris, Christian Bale, isn't that it? The actor, yeah. Yeah. And Christian Bale, he's like naked, but he's got tennis shoes on. He's got a chainsaw and he's like dangling the chainsaw down, waiting for the girl to reach the bottom of the steps and drop it. It reminded me of that. Naturally. Did you ever yeah. watch that movie? Yeah, I did. Okay, good. I like that movie. I think it's funny. So... Karen's trying to tell Billy about this recurring dream that she's been having um, as she's taken off her sweet scooter riding gear. And Billy's checking the mail, and he asks if that's the one where she's flying in space. And Karen says, oh, no, no, another one. It was the one where, where this guy's on the television, but she gets interrupted by Billy, who says, what's this? And he has a letter in his hand. It's addressed to Karen with no last name of stamps on it, so maybe it's a secret admirer. Karen's like, you wish. And she grabs it, and he's got a big sticker on it with a TF, which is kind of filling the envelope, and it says Toy Factory in it, and it's an invitation to a Toy Factory on the 13th floor. Not a Toy Factory. The Toy Factory. Yeah, right. Like, Billy has a great question, though. He's like, what's a Toy Factory like doing moving into an apartment building? Great question, Billy. Not only an athlete, but a genius as well. <laughs> Karen says they want to test some new toys and sports equipment on kids, and I'm invited. Billy asks her why, and she says, well, why not? And then continues reading it, saying it's good for any time tomorrow, which is a lie. But Karen doesn't want to go, and she hands the letter back to Billy. She says, well, they didn't invite me, you. Karen says she isn't good at sports, and she's just getting there. And Billy's like, so what? Maybe it'll give away some free stuff. I don't know. But the kids walk away and then the It's a creepy thing. Like, I'd give that to my non-existent parents and be like, hey, this seems weird. Why are my our new neighbors trying to lure me up into their apartment? That's a very good point. And, you know, what kind of 10-year-old or whatever kid checks the fucking mail? I'm like, oh, look, Karen, you got a letter. No, kids don't care about mail. That's not how it works. No. So next up, we're back in Karen's room. It's nighttime. She's sleeping. The Toy Factory letter is right next to her TV, but the duck statue is mysteriously absent in the shot. What happened to her duck statue? Wow. Maybe it's symbolic. Man. You know what? I wouldn't put it past them. Maybe it is. The silence of the ducks. The TV turns on to the static again, and the guy's face pops up, and it says, Hello to Karen. And she instinctively reaches for her remote to try and turn that shit off. <laughs> She's great. 
<laughs> she is just unflappable. <laughs> but she... uh, when she turned, it, turned it off, it's not working. It's like the weirdest shit. A person comes on your TV and starts talking to you. And she just tries to change the channel. <laughs> She's had enough of this shit. <laughs> Nothing bothers her. The guy tells her that they very much want her to come tomorrow. She asks why. And he says, because you're a very special person. And it wouldn't be the same without you. She's like, say you'll come. And she sleepily agrees. Turns over and goes with it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, if the TV told me to. <laughs> whatever. Karen's crazy. <laughs> so before the scene even changes over, like, the TV is just, like, turning off. Billy is, like, asking her what changed her mind. And then they close the door to their apartment. Karen says, I don't know. I just did. But you have to come with me. And Billy wasn't invited. And Karen doesn't give a shit. She wants Billy there. Yeah. So Is there going to be a going. bouncer? I don't think so. I know, right? And she pleads with Billy to come. And he agrees, saying he wants to check it out, too. So they go over the elevator. and But then they're like, uh, let's not. And Karen's like, race you up the stairs. And then they do just that. And Billy wins. Karen apparently expected. And she's like, oh, you always fucking win. You race up the stairs. Get better, Karen. They hear some weird noises coming from the door to the 13th floor. Outside of the door, it's just a bunch of paint cans and, like, wood scraps and shit. And it looks like a, a fucking mess. And the kids shrug and they open up the door. And now we're inside the redesigned 13th floor of the toy oh, factory. my... Yeah. This place is fucking hideous. It is disgusting. It is a pastel colored nightmare. Yeah. It looks like the Easter Bunny threw up in there. Everything is colored in this like chalky looking red, blue, or yellow paint. Like everything. The walls, the floor, the ceiling. Like there's toys being made on a conveyor belt and also they're all in this chalky red white or, or red red blue or yellow there's lines and shapes and nothing's symmetrical everything's odd and uneven horrible it's like an ocd nightmare oh it's just angles everywhere so there's also these two extra shitty looking like creations there that have like two legs two arms and just like a big round stomach thing with a tf logo on it and neon lights and did you look at their faces? <laughs> One no. looks like it has almost a smile on it, like it's in pain. But and then the other one just has a straight grimace of pain on it. Really, really weird. That fits right in with the rest of the place. And then there's also a dice block on the ground that scoots around like a Roomba. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that. I want a dice the block di- like that. Dice Roomba. <laughs> There's some white window looking things that have like shadows of gears moving, I guess. It's kind of weird. I mean, not kind of. This whole place is fucking weird. And then there's that conveyor belt where the world's shittiest looking toys spawn from it. Like chalky red, yellow, and blue puppy dog things. <laughs> they look like eraser toppers. Yeah. Like, but they're big. What lame ass toys? You go to the place called the Toy Factory, and the first thing you see is like some shitty puppy 
molds. That's not fun. What kid wants to go hang out there? They look like the most uncomfortable toys. <laughs> yes, just smash this puppy against your face. I don't know. I was never one of the kids that liked to play with toys anyway, so I don't see the point. <sighs> hates the 60s. Hates toys. I didn't God. say I hate toys. I used to play yes, with them, but then you, I played the You games. hate all toys. Well, whatever. You don't even have any toys. You hate fun? <laughs> you hate magic? Yep, I hate ghosts. Fixies, <laughs> I hate podcasts. I hate you. I hate this laptop. <laughs> Shit, settle down. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your adopted brother. Thank you so much for listening to our 17th episode of Up All Night, covering the tale of the 13th floor. I know it isn't the best audio quality, but I do promise that we will not let this happen again. Are you interested in supporting the show? Well, now you can on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash private island. We have three tiers, the Bronze Beths, the Silver Goths, and the Golden Bostics. Each tier has their own rewards, such as stickers, exclusive unedited episodes, and later on bonus episodes. Every donation will go right back into the show. And we have some new patrons this week, too. I'd like to give a special thank you to our two Golden Bostic tier patrons, Michael and Brett, as well as our first Silver Goth patron, Kathy. Thank you so much, everyone. We greatly appreciate your support. We now have merchandise available. You can find a link to our merch store from the Linktree link in our episode description, so be sure to take a look. Our Instagram page has almost reached our first 100 followers. If you'd like to see pictures of each episode, including fun and creative gifts from Brandon each week, follow us. That's at Private Island Presents. We've finally gotten over 150 followers on Twitter now. If you have yet to follow us there, that's at PRVT Island. Our Season 2 wrap-up episode is approaching quickly. Do you have any questions for us? We'll get them in via email. That's at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. As always, I'd like to thank All Hail the Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme from Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Before getting back to the show, I'd like to take a moment to play a promotional clip from another podcast I personally love and listen to each week, the Three Spooked Girls Podcast. Hey guys, my name is Tara. And my name is Jessica. And together we co-host the podcast, Three Spooked Girls. If you love the paranormal. Or murder. Join us every Monday as we tell our listeners about a new spooky tale or true crime case. We'll have a special drink recipe each episode picked out by me for you to enjoy while we scare the hell out of you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever the hell else you listen to podcasts. Come hang out with us and get your spooky on. Thank you again, everyone. For now, I'll let you get back to the show, and I'll talk to you in a week. Bye, guys. Okay, so these toys are horrible, and then, like, a couple dogs, and then for some reason a pig shows up.
<laughs> they can't even get the dogs right. Billy seems to think that this is wild, which it is, but not in an exciting way. It's more like it's more wild, like a monkey with a paintbrush than a wild. <laughs> it's not a good wild. No, it's a it's a jungle. It's not a radical sort of wild. It's like how you can't tame a wild wild animal wild. Anyways, out walks this girl who has this pink and black suit looking thing on, which is the same as Leonard. Leo, Leo nerd. She's got red hair that's cutting away that makes me believe she wants to see my manager. And her name is Olga. I like Olga. Olga reminds me of Jessie from Pokemon. Like if her hair was cut around her face mm. more rather than that giant moving to the ground. I could see that. Uh, Olga shakes Karen's hand and Karen says, Hi, yes, this is Billy, my brother. And Olga looks at him and says, Well, thanks for bringing Karen, but we don't need you. And she tries to, she tries to take Karen further into the factory. But Karen's like, No, he's with me. Olga says they only need one test subject, but Billy pipes up, saying, She's my sister, and when I leave, she leaves with me. Olga says, Very well, then, uh, this way, please. And the kids walk down the hallway. Very baller of him to insist he stays when they clearly hate him. Want nothing to do with him. Yeah, right? How awkward is that? Yeah, she's like, okay, fuck off now, Billy. I'm going to take Karen. And he's like, I want to come too. And she's like, fucking, all right, whatever. And he's like, yes. (laughs) In the hallway, Karen asks what kind of toys they make. And Olga says, you'll see. Billy's like... Well, what do we get? What what do we get out of this? Like Billy, you're just lucky to be here. Shut up. <laughs> I know. Olga asks him what he wants, and he says, "Well, how about some free stuff?" And Olga says that uh, maybe that could be arranged. And they walk past the kids, and then Billy and Karen high five each other. <laughs> Don't let them do another thing. Billy just wants free shit. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason he wanted her to come in the first place. He got a. He got a good look at the shit that they make, though, and he still wants free shit. Yeah, like, oh, you get a free pig at the end of this session. (laughs) So they get into another room, and here we get a shot of the room, and this place looks stupid. Same color scheme as everything else. They shot it in a way that it was, like, supposed to be like that scene in Willy Wonka where you get inside the factory, and it's like... This magical <laughs> place, yeah. except... It's a chocolate fucking waterfall, but <laughs> But no, in this, nothing looks fun. <laughs> Everything sucks. Yeah. It's like Dr. Seuss's attic. There's just weird, <laughs> like, strange things attached to other things, and I don't know what anything is supposed to be. My wife, at this point, asked me if this was, like, making fun of Willy Wonka. Because she hates Willy Wonka. She hates that movie. She will not watch it. She was like, is this going to be like Willy Wonka? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck is going. <laughs> so we get, a, uh, we get a look at this room as it pans around. This table with just a bunch of buttons on it. A chair with a roller coaster bar over it. A uh, block with some ABCs on it. And this dude is standing in the background. And we pan further and we see just like this ugly as fuck bike. A basketball hoop. More of those disgusting puppies. Uh, as well as some upside-down bowling pins? That suck. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? 
Olga tells the kids to go play. <laughs> go ahead and play, which they do, uh, I guess. And then introduces Raymond, their technician. And Raymond, he reminds me of James from Pokemon, which means that Leonard is just automatically male. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He got the old team rocket. That's right. <laughs> Olga tells the kids that Raymond will explain everything to them. He says hello. The part I don't get is, though, this is clearly the guy that was on the TV from Karen's quote-unquote dream. Wouldn't she oh, be yeah. like, hey, you fucking woke me up two nights in a row, you asshole. But, no, I would. I would, too. We've already told, a, we've told our audience, we enjoy sleeping. If some jerk... Fucking flash on my screen TV and it was like, hey, you want to come play with some boys? I'd be like, fuck you. Go back to sleep. Be like, yes, but after I wake up. <laughs> yes, and I'm bringing my brother. <laughs> Nothing to about. As long as you have upside down bowling pins. <laughs> upside down yellow pastel chalk and bowling pins. They're my favorite. <laughs> as long as you have Roomba dice. Yes. But right okay. now, I'm sleeping. <laughs> Real talk, though, I want I would go for room Like if I could, same, I'd be like, I'll take the Roomba. Older would be like, you know I'll what? If you get a Roomba and you put a box on it with dots, then you've created your own Roomba dice. Oh man, I don't have money for a Roomba though. It will just roll around your house and be a dice. <laughs> That's all you need. Okay. So, Raymond says hello, and then asks Olga if it's both children, and she says, yep, both of them. Uh, but she sounds really annoyed about it, which Billy doesn't pick up on. No, he really doesn't get the hint. <laughs> He's not They hated. hate him. They don't want you, Billy. They want nothing to do with the Billy business. Billy asks what they have to do, and Raymond shows them. He walks up to that table with the, just a bunch of buttons on it, and he explains that each of them play a note. And he waves his hand over it, and yep, they, uh, they each play a note. And he continues saying he's going to play several notes in a row, and he, they, the kids have to hit the button and repeat the sequence. Billy thinks it sounds like a test, but Raymond says no, it's a race. See who can react to the fastest. A coordination game. Karen's not into that shit, though. She, she's thinking that she's going to be losing. But Raymond says there's no winners in this. Even though it's a race against two people, there's clearly a winner and a loser. That's the weird thing, though, is it's a two-player game, but they were only expecting one person. Why is this... Why is this a thing? They didn't want Billy there. I have no idea. I don't know. Was she going to play against maybe Olga? Maybe going to play it with her? Yeah. Maybe. So I now she's probably pissed, because this is like her favorite game, and she's like, oh, fucking Billy... <laughs> That's why she's so mad. <laughs> Maybe Leonard was gonna come out of the elevator, fucking dungeon, and he he probably kicks ass at Simon. Oh yeah, this is Simon says, except it's worse because Raymond pushes the button, and he's only got like four buttons, and the lights don't light up for the kids, so they just have to instinctively know which button is gonna give them the right boop, you know. So uh, the scene was just oh my god. So Raymond's pushing the master button controls, and, and the kids, you know, push the button too, and this is just a fucking orchestrated nightmare of just, <laughs> beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, and 
gonna have to grab a clip of this. It's it awful. These two kids are both playing it, and it's seriously just like, <laughs> and then Billy wins. <laughs> it is it's so dumb. They're just beep booping random buttons. <laughs> They're like boop boop beep. I win. Boop boop boop. You win. Beep boop boop. Raymond wins. <laughs> um, almost. Except Karen loses like twice in a row. And Billy tries to help her out, but Raymond's like, nope, no helping. And then and then they go for they go for round two, but Raymond smiles and he rotates his wheel on the wall. <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. And so they do round two, beep boop in and whatnot. And Billy wins round two. Raymond rotates the wheel again. And then he boops some more buttons. <laughs> and, and Billy looks like he's not feeling that feeling that good. So yeah, I actually thought round. that Raymond turned the knob and every time he turned it, Billy got stupider. He was like, uh, what? I don't know what buds did. And then he turned up the knob and he was like, Bleh. and it was just like a, a Billy stupid knob. <laughs> There's a, man, this, like, if they had that as like a Billy stupefaction fucking handle, like, and they didn't want Billy there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, when I was watching this, I didn't remember what the fuck was going to happen. I did, I did remember that Simon said, thing, and I hated it yeah. then, and I hate it now. So, that's all I remembered of this episode. <sighs> so that wheel that he's turning, you know, he turns it and, like, these lights pop up, and um, it's, it's sectioned into the same ugly red, yellow, and and, you know, he's turning it, and Billy's, like, extra sleepy now, and Raymond turns the wheel even more, and it's going Uh-oh. deeper into the yellow territory, uh, but, and Karen's really, Karen's really excited about winning, but uh, Billy ain't looking so hot. Who cares? She's winning. I know. That's the whole point of it. Like, Karen's like, fuck yeah, I'm finally winning. <laughs> and he's like, Billy. Raymond tells Billy to keep at it um, until he gets it right, and then he rotates the wheel some more. He tells Karen that she can move on to the next game. And then we move over to the elevator as Leonard walks out and asks if Karen will be ready. Yes, Olga says, but the boy will be with her, unfortunately. Leonard looks at the clock on the wall and says, we don't have much time. We must leave by 6. It's already 5.05 according to the clock. So this is where I said they lied because in the fucking yeah. note they're like, "Come whenever, Karen." Doesn't what if she matter. showed up at like of the effort, ten at night? Is. Yeah, right. Exactly. They'd already be well. They would not be. It's not like her parents would be like, "Oh, you can't go out." They don't have parents. No, there's no parents in this episode. Just like, like most episodes. Olga says that she'll be ready, and the two of them walk off. Back in the playroom, Raymond tells Karen he thinks that she's going to like this next, next task. As she sits down in the chair, and Raymond locks her in with that roller coaster bar thing. Yeah, that's what it is. So Karen says, so far so good. What's this for? And he says, that's alright, my dear. We're going to stimulate parts of your brain you've never used before. 
always a weird thing that somebody knows. It says you're going to reach your full mental and physical powers. And he points over at the ABC block with a ball on it, and it like, starts to move across the room. And then Raymond says, now, I want you to stare at this ball and move it with your mind. Karen's like, what? But he says, close your eyes and let your thoughts surround the ball. Hold it with your mind. And she does just that, I guess. And he says, open your eyes and point. Push it with your mind. And she does, and the ball begins to, like, hoover. He's like, good, very good. Karen's like, you're doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Ouija board. Exactly. And Raymond tells her to make the ball do something else, but don't tell me what it's going to be. So Karen points again at the ball, and it begins to hover like, farther up, and, and it, the ball goes right into the fucking basketball hoop. And she's like, Billy, look, I'm fucking telekinetic now. And we look over at Billy, and he's, he's so like, stupid now. Sluggishly. He turned the stupid knob up so much. (laughs) Yeah, Billy's an idiot, and he's pooping the button, and Karen's like, what's wrong with him? And Raymond's like, Karen, we got a surprise for you. We're all going on a trip. Karen shakes her head saying, no, I I don't want to go. But Raymond goes back over to that wheel, and he turns it even more, and Billy grabs his chest like he's having a heart attack. Karen yells at Raymond to stop it. You're hurting him. And Raymond tells her he's simulating the atmospheric pressure of his home. And we uh-huh. want to be sure uh-huh. you'll survive there. Karen asks, where? Raymond continues saying, once you have reached your median capacity, we will transfer you to the ship. And he turns around and grabs at the back of his head. And Karen's like, what ship? I'm not going on any ship. We look back at Raymond, and his human face has been taken off. And now he's got a straight white face. With no mouth or eyes or anything. And it's like a. It, it looks pretty alright. Like you thought way so? Better black morph suit than Super Spread. I thought it was better than Super Spread. Okay, it's better than a morph suit, but man, what a shit ass, like, alien design. This would have been a really cool. Yeah. Really cool reveal if it was, like, a really interesting looking alien, but what we're given is completely featureless white face no eyes no nose no mouth no ears and i guess it has kind of an elongated head it is a pretty odd choice yeah it reminds me i know you've said you've never seen this but in the first uh nightmare on elm street movie there's this part where like and they did this with uh fucking practical effects where they they had a robert englund or push his face into, like, some nylon or something so that it was, like, face was, like, pushed, and it made it look like it was getting pushed through the wall or something. It looked really cool, but it reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. I don't like that they were so featureless and didn't even have a damn mouth, but I liked it better than the morph They have no mouth, and they must scream. Well, speaking of screaming, Karen screams <laughs> Oh, wow, she is, she is just screaming up a storm. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, you can't really blame her. I would too. Yeah. If you're, I would scream up the storm. If you're just, you know, casually sitting there lifting balls with your mind while the man from the TV like instructs you to do things, and then he takes his face off, that's when you're like, "Hey, this is a bit strange." I came here to play yeah. with some toys. At least she reacts now. She's not just like, "Huh? Shut up." <laughs> yeah. You know. She screams a whole bunch. She's yelling for Billy for help, but 
he's slumped over because he's probably getting asphyxiated from the fucking pressure or whatever. Poor kid's probably getting brain damage. And up above them is even more alien creatures, and they're, like, trying to grab at her. Is that what they're doing? Because they're just kind of, like, waving their hands in her direction. I didn't really know what, what they were trying to do. Maybe they're using their telekinesis to, like, raise the fucking... Oh. You may know. be right. I just assumed they were, like, grabbing for her. I don't know if all the aliens have telekinesis. Or but why? Parents. Hypothetically... <sighs> If they did get a hold of her, what would they do? Uh, gently lift her up into the spaceship, I guess. Okay. So the seat's moving up towards them, and then we fade to commercial, and then we come back from commercial, and Karen's still screaming a whole bunch. <laughs> Presumably she, she was up. screaming during the whole commercial break. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was very, very slowly moving up. She's, again, she screams to Billy for help, but at this point he's just like passed out and dying or whatever. <laughs> she looks over at the control panel for this ride thing, and then she points her fingers at it, and the knob flips. And Raymond walks over asking her what she's doing. Raymond's like, hey, stop using those powers I just showed you you have. <laughs> well, you know what this gets them? A swift kick to the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he spins around and like stops and freezes. And then Karen uses her tele her newfound telekinesis on another knob, and then she like I don't know, she crosses her hands with her fingers, the pointer fingers pointed out, and she uses her telekinesis to fucking flip up the bar. I like this part. She's like the one now. She's just like fucking (laughs) blasting everybody and throwing shit and unlocking shit. I don't know why she has telekinesis. No. No. If I could have a superpower, it would be telekinesis. It's that would be the most interesting superpower in my opinion to have. It's a good power. I mean you could do so much with it. You could sit on a chair and use telekinesis to make it fly, and now you fly. Yeah. If you just fly though, you can just fly. Yeah, but then you wouldn't have telekinesis. I would have teleportation if we're giving out superpowers here. Oh I could teleport. Teleportation would be cool too, though. It'd be very convenient. Yeah, then I wouldn't need telekinesis because I would just teleport to the thing I want to bring to me and then teleport back. So I wouldn't need to, like, lift up little balls and put them next to me. I don't know. know. What do you use telekinesis (laughs) for? To get the remote? I don't know. Well, there you go. I just teleport to the remote and then teleport back. Okay, yeah, but what if it's, like, Matilda telekinesis? Where you can telekinesis everything in the room to fucking dance around. Like, you can multitask. You can't multitask if you're going to teleport. No, I can't dance with playing cards. You're right. <laughs> Unless it isn't like Matilda telekinesis, and you can only do, I guess, in this case, two things at once. You only got two fingers. <laughs> I, I have ten fingers. I don't know about you. Okay, well, you can only use your pointer finger, all right? You got two pointer fingers, that's it. That's the power of telekinesis, baby. No stopping you. Okay. Ah. <laughs> Alright, so Raymond's just kind of standing there stunned, and she runs up to him, and she says, Whatever you did to me, buddy, thanks. He didn't really do anything to her, though. He was just like, hey. Hey, you should uh, you should lift that up. Yeah. And she was like, okay. She, he was like, hey, why don't you try, I don't know, having telekinesis? She's like, wow, I have it. 
Yeah, like if Billy one day was just like, hey, try lifting that up with your mind, and would she just be able to do it? I like to think that the atmosphere of pressure like, unlocks her powers, so mm. that it makes sense. Okay. Um, okay, so she runs over to Billy, and she tries to wake him up, but he won't wake up. So she tells him that they gotta get out of here, but then we hear Olga coming, and she's like, what the fuck is all that noise? And Karen looks around and tells Billy she'll be back. She's going to go get help. She enters, like, an air duct on the ground level, and she just sits inside of it as Olga comes walking around the room. Yeah, not really sure what her plan was here. Well, she's trying to escape, but she opens up that duct, and she just sits on the entrance of it the whole time. Yeah. Because Olga's coming in there, and she sees Raymond, and she says, we don't got time for this shit. And we get a robotic voice saying that the atmospheric pressure is at .07 and falling. The boy's going to die. The girl, something, something, I couldn't really hear it. Olga hands Raymond his fake head, and he puts it back on, off camera, as she looks at her wheel to adjust the atmosphere pressure. It's getting too low, and they have to go back to the ship at 6. And then Raymond does an, oh, actually, 559.3. Thanks, Raymond. That really helped the situation. Karen's still at the entrance of the air duct, by the way. She's listening in on Olga, saying that they gotta get that girl. Olga walks over to Billy. She lifts his head up and says, What poor specimens these Earth children are. And she plops his head back down. It's really funny. Yeah, he's too stupid to notice. Karen looks down. Okay, so we shift back over to Karen, and she's looking down the end of the duct. And then we cut back over to Raymond, who's looking around the room. And he sees something, and he walks over to it. And this is probably my favorite part of the episode, because back in the dock, Karen is still sitting at the entrance to it when Raymond pops his head in, and he's like, there you are. <laughs> Karen screams in his face, and he smiles. Like, this whole sequence is, like, my favorite part. And he smiles, and she makes it, She makes her way to the other side of the dock, and um, she takes, like, a few steps of this, in this new area. She finds herself in a dead end, and then Raymond pops out. And he tells her to come on, the trip is just beginning. And then Karen looks at the ceiling where there's just a bunch of pretty, like, foam-looking spikes? Triangles? Yeah. She she uses her telekinesis on on that shit, and it drops down on Raymond. He gets knocked out. She runs by him, and she enters into the air duct again, back into the room with Billy. And as she enters it, fucking Raymond is, like, already walking in there. Yeah, I guess having foam on his head didn't really uh, take him down. No, not at all. He's just already there. (laughs) He's like all this fuss just to come back here. And he's totally right. He starts starts walking towards her. But she says, not quite. And she grabs, like, some controller. She pushes a button and it makes Raymond freeze in place. She calls him a jerk and then runs over to Billy, who at this point is, again, probably dying of asphyxiation. She shakes him a couple more times and tells him to wake up, but she doesn't do. And then she runs over to the wheel and turns it down. The light light goes away, and she somehow hears Olga coming, so she hides behind a box, just as Olga walks into the room, saying, honestly, Raymond, not again. Oh, man. Raymond seems kind of like a shitty robot. He's very easily taken down. A swift kick to the chest, or face or whatever, and he is out for the count. Also, yeah, because fucking Olga's like, oh my god, again, Raymond? Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah. 
He just freezes all He's over. He's just the place. constantly frozen. <laughs> so Olga walks over and she's going to find the controller to bring him back, but it's gone because Karen has it. And Olga sighs and just manually resets him by like on the velcroing his like a compartment on his chest and just pushing a button. Oh. Karen runs out of the room undetected, and Olga tells Raymond to go find her. There's not much time left. So he walks out of the room. Olga pushes the button, and the ceiling opens back up, showing us the aliens up there, and like, you know, trying to reach the shit. And Karen makes her way to the elevator, pushes the button, and waits for it to fill up, telling us to, you know, come on, hurry up, hurry up, and some people roll out more. Go down the stairs. Of course, when it gets there, it's Leonard. <laughs> Like, obviously he's one of them, but I guess Karen was kind of expecting it because she asked to go to the 12th floor, and he says, we're only going up from here. And Karen's like, uh, you too? I should have known. And she pulls out the Yeah, you really should have. Yeah, right? I mean, come on. Did you see what he's wearing? Did you see his hair? <laughs> have you heard his name? <laughs> she pushes the button on the controller, but Leonard didn't freeze his place. And then he says, we're not all robots, Karen. And to Karen's credit, I mean, she wouldn't have known that. I so didn't know that. You think you thought they were robots? So, Raymond is a robot with an alien skin with a human skin on top of that? Yeah, it's very complex. Okay. <laughs> Why? I don't know. They needed him to freeze, so they were like, uh, he's a robot. He's an alien robot human monster Bigfoot. <laughs> Leonard starts walking out of the elevator and he tells Karen she's letting her confusion blind her. Listen to your instincts. This is your destiny. Like, no, I gotta go help Billy. And Karen tries the door to the stairs with their locks. Telekinesis is it, opens, runs down the door, runs out the door, just as Raymond runs up to it and all this tells her. She can't leave now, it's just about time. Karen races down the stairs and Ray as Raymond gets upset, saying she was almost ready. And old No she wasn't. Woman, she'll be back. She was just been running around kicking your ass for half an hour. How was that <laughs> almost ready? Leonard almost had, <laughs> almost had her convinced, and then her pesky brother, which they could have just—he's just sleeping there. Just push him out the door. Seriously, push him down the stairs. They don't need him. Just get rid of him. No. Like I don't, I don't think they want to kill him. So just kind of take him in the elevator and let him go to the twelfth floor. Push him out the window. Use your telekinesis, like safely. Put him down to the ground level or something. I don't know. It just doesn't. Anyway, Olga assures her that, assures everybody that she'll be back. She's not going to leave her brother. And we look at the clock and it's 5.45. Back on the 12th, well, we zoom over to Karen who's on the 12th floor. She's running around. She's knocking on doors. She's screaming for help. But nobody help, Nobody wants to help her because nobody else exists in this episode. She looks at her watch and she says, 10 minutes. I've only got 10 minutes. And then she takes out the controller and she starts playing with it. She says, motion controls, 
controls, uh, something else I couldn't hear, radar, verbal command, yes! And then she runs back upstairs and into the room with Billy. Karen, uh, Karen lifts Billy's arms up and starts to carry him out of the room as Raymond appears in the doorway to block the path. So she stops, she backs up with Billy, and then she uses the controller on him, which freezes him, again. He's the worst henchman. Yeah, he seriously is. So then from behind him steps Olga, who says Karen. And Karen tells Raymond to hold Olga. <laughs> and Raymond smiles with a... <laughs> like a robotic, like... <laughs> and he turns and he lifts Olga up and starts screaming, saying, Karen, no! Karen steps out to the elevator area with Billy. And Leonard steps out again. He's saying, where do you think you're going? And she tells him, home! And he says, I knew you'd see the light. He looks around and says, it's time. But no. Karen tells him, no way. Leonard starts pleading with her to come with them. And he tells her that back there is beautiful. You can fly like a bird. You can see through to other worlds. And Karen asks him, what about Billy? I heard that they, they said he would die in there. And Leonard says, let Karen know that Billy doesn't. And I kind of like this part when he says that she can fly like a bird because it goes back to like what she was talking about her reoccurring dreams yeah. about flying through space. That was kind of cool. We're shown that the factory front is kind of like falling apart. The conveyor with the shitty toys stops as Raymond's fake human face rolls to a stop, which is weird because he had his face on. Yeah, I don't know how it got there. Olga must have ripped it off. <laughs> I guess I don't know. All the gears in the shadowy window seem to stop. It looks like the alien ship is just about ready to take off. Leonard tells Karen she's making a terrible mistake, but she doesn't think so. She's got to save Billy. She closes the elevator door and soon saves Karen's room. Billy opens up the door and the two kids walk inside. Billy asks her what happened. Who were those people? Karen says, I don't know. And then there's a loud like, blast-off sound effect and like more purple lights coming from outside their windows. And the kids take a look through the blind. Don't you think other people would... I was wondering, though, like, what the fuck? did the entire 13th floor take off? Or was there just a spaceship chilling on the top of this building and no one noticed or cared? It just left the toy factory remains or something. Like, I would, I would assume that this is exactly what happened, you know, 10 years ago when those people disappeared with no reasoning um, that Gus told us about. Right? I mean, that makes sense. These kids are, like, looking out the blinds, seeing that this spaceship is flying away. And we don't actually get to see anything, though. It's just us looking at these kids, looking up through their blinds. Yeah, it's just flashing lights and blah, 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 sound effects. Yeah. When it comes to, like, cool things, we don't get to see anything. No, never. So the kids sit on the on the bed, and, and Billy says, man, that was really weird. Karen agrees, and then the TV flashes on, that static channel on there. But this time it's Olga's face on it. Karen says, it's just like my dream. And, and Olga says, no, dear, this isn't a dream. This was your rescue. We left you here by mistake ten years ago. I would have explained everything to you once the proper atmosphere brought all of your senses back. Billy doesn't know what's going on, and we look back over at the TV, and Olga says, they, they couldn't stay any longer, and they ran out of atmosphere. And while she's saying this, the face kind of like morphs into the white alien head. She continues saying, it'll be another ten years before they can return together. 
as the camera zooms in on Billy, he says, what you talking about? Is this a joke or what? And then he looks over at Karen and screams, runs out of the room because her face is gone and she's one of the aliens. And on the TV, Olga tells her she'll see her in 10 years. Goodbye for now. And it zooms in on Karen's new face and we get more Betty Ann voiceover saying, you may think you know someone, but think again and look a little closer. What did you think of the ending? Um, I mean, I saw it coming from a long way away, but... I mean, I'm also a grown man, and How this dare you be a grown man. is a kid show, but it's a, it's a cool ending. It is. I, I thought so, too. Like, I think of all the aliens, it looks the coolest back there. I liked, like, I liked a lot about the actual plot line and the story beats. I just really hated a lot of the little details. The whole toy factory, everything about it is stupid. Yeah. The plan is Especially stupid. Why a toy factory that is so much work? If you came to rescue this girl, just grab her and go. Yeah, I think the moral of the story is that you need to be honest. Just tell them what's going on. And don't kill little kids. Seriously, just be like, hey, we're aliens. Look, this is my face. And look, yours is too. You're an alien. Let's go. Yeah. Let's, Let's get out of here. Go. Let's go back to our home planet where everything is incredible and you can fly and it's fucking dope. Flying's chill as fuck and we are going and we got this dope ass Simon game to play on the trip home. Oh and. <laughs> but seriously, that Toy Factory was stupid. That is a stupid fucking way to like. Like, why did they have to lure her there with a, a t- Toy Factory? trial like it's so dumb i have, I have absolutely no idea um uh, maybe they were like well they only, haven't had much time on earth so maybe they were like uh kids like boys uh let's, you know get her in here without being stupid you know her. what would have been smart when What's she that? wanted to go up to the 13th floor and they were like uh no the new tenants are fumigating be like okay and then when she gets up there be like all right we're leaving <laughs> Peace out. See you, Billy. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways that they could have done this better. They're seriously, like I said, more of the story. Be honest, especially with kids. Just be honest with them. Why did they have to be so shady and evil seeming? Like at the end, Olga was like, "Oh, sweetie, we were just trying to save you." But in the toy factory, she's just like, "Oh, fucking Billy's here." Shit. <laughs> like she, she wasn't nice. Until the end, when she was like, oh, too late, sweetie. You missed your chance to fly. For eternal happiness. Well, see you in ten years. We've been planning this toy factory plan for ten years. I would say that the episode makes it sound like Leonard and Olga are the mother and father of the parents, too. You think? I don't know. That's kind of what I got. I don't know. If they were her parents, they wouldn't just let her go. Yeah. Uh, Well, anyway, so David... We're going back to the Midnight Society members. David still looks thin. Frank looks around a little. Kiki just flips her eyes at Gary, who grabs the bucket of water and declares the meeting closed. He says, whoever you are. And then dumps the water on the fire. So yeah, I am in full agreement with you. I love telekinesis. I thought that part was cool. Yeah. Um, but the execution of this episode could have been so much more. I don't know what they could have done instead 
but I think they could have done better. This is probably Betty Ann's weakest episode. Yeah, you're right. I think so too. Like I said, I don't even know. I don't know how I even feel about it. I, I can't even. Even now, I'm still not sure. If I, I don't think I hate it, but I don't really like it a whole lot. I think I like a lot about it, but meh, just the execution. Well, the tale of the thirteenth floor. Um, I guess it was named all right, but do you think we can come up with some better names for this thing? Maybe. Let's see what we got. Uh, the tale of the unwanted brother. The tale of the stupefying knob. The tale of the worst roller coaster. <laughs> the tale of the dumb alien design. The tale of Max Headroom. <laughs> the tale of the missing Gus. Oh yeah, what the fuck happened to Gus? You think they let him come back? I don't know. If they are, weren't actually evil, then what did they do with Gus? If they took him onto the alien ship, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. The Tale of the Alien? Yep, that's it. That's the one. Yeah, right. Brandon. Yes. This episode is called The Tale of the Dream Machine. Ooh. Who do you think going to spin that tale? I think that one is Kiki. Okay. I don't remember much about this episode. I mean, I kind of do a little bit, but I don't remember who tells it. I'm going to go with David on this one. Maybe, if Kristen lets him. Ooh, very true. So, you hear the tale of the dream machine. What do you think this episode is about? My first thought. Did you ever see the movie We're oh, Back, okay. The Dinosaur yeah, Story? I knew you were going to say that. You know me too well. Yeah, I have seen it. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had a dinosaur. I wish I saw a dinosaur, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the next episode is. Alright. Well, Very scary. In case, in case nobody's seen We're Back, <laughs> A Dinosaur Story, starring John Goodman. You tell what the <laughs> fuck we're talking about. Well, there's a there's a professor of sorts, Professor New Eyes. <laughs> and he creates a wish radio and uh it detects people's wishes from around the world, I guess. Uh-huh. Okay. And and then he feeds dinosaurs food that makes them smart. It's <laughs> It's a very good movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to get that next week is what you're trying to tell me. Oh, yeah. John Goodman next week. John Goodman and Yardley Smith. <laughs> She's going to be like, ah! <laughs> Roll back the rock to the dawn time and sing this song with me. <laughs> Um, oh my god. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. That. Yep. Dream machine. Alright. 
Well, Brandon, I've been up all night. <laughs> so I'm tired. I'm ready, I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah. <sighs> a bit sleepy. Had enough. <laughs> I sincerely hope neither one of us get awoken by static TV at Max Headroom on Yeah, Mike. Hey. Hey, you. <laughs> Welcome to my toy factory. <laughs> Hey, want to come play with my Simon? <laughs> come play with my upside down yellow bowling pin. <laughs> come, <laughs> come play with my dice Woomba. <laughs> uh, if that did happen to me, I'd be like, fucking play! I'm going to bed! <laughs> okay, I'll play for five minutes, then I'm going to sleep. Oh, but man, I'm I'm going to bed. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll talk to you next week, man. Yeah. Oh, bye, everybody. Bye.